Ice tea. Go a cappella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. I have I love it. you way better than a lot of rappers that are making yes. records right now. She is Olivia Munn. Drop my name as much as you can. By the way, say. I am a first class name dropper. The great legendary John Madden, and then on the phone, Steve Marriott. She's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the thing. You watch a guy. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're playing this. Mooch, how did you sniff that out so quickly? I I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. It's the latest Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Chevy, everybody. The wild card weekend now in the books, getting set for the divisional playoff weekend, the weekend that most people who are NFL fans, I think would agree, is the best weekend of the NFL, if not the entire calendar year. This is the time when the supposed eight best teams remaining in the National Football League all play one another. It's the last time on the calendar year where we have uh, multiple games going on multiple days, which is always exciting, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. It is... um, it is also, uh, in this day and age, a time when any of the eight teams, and I firmly believe this, could win the Super Bowl. It is that wide open in the 2012 uh, postseason and calendar year 2013. I am pleased to be with you for an exciting, entertaining program. I'm laying that out there, Chris Brockman. <laughs> good to see you, sir. How are you, man? Uh, I'm fine. Chris Law, good to see you, sir. Rich, always a pleasure. Good to see you. Are you nervous as a cat? Chris Brockman, that your Patriots coming off the bye week? You know, someone uh, tweeted me a question and asked me how nervous I was, and I said, not at all. Well, because the Texans can hang their hat on on one thing, and that is two years ago, the Jets right. getting boat raced on Monday Night Football that in front happened. of the whole country to see, with Tom Brady dropping a 40-burger and one of the more emphatic victories the Patriots have put on somebody on national TV, and then a few weeks later, in the same situation, the divisional round, Patriots coming off of a bye week, Jets go and beat them. (laughs) So the result is different. Texans can perhaps hang their hat on that. Perhaps. With also, you know, in in many ways, a shaky quarterback. It was, I would go and venture to say, the the last great win of Mark Sanchez's career. Rex Ryan, too. And Rex Ryan as well, as uh, they went 6-10 and this year. And um, had one of the more intriguing, let's put it that way, press conferences this week <laughs> in all of the uh, teams that are not alive anymore. The Jets are on uh, a lot of people's minds, a lot of people talking about them based on Rex Ryan and, and the owner, Woody Johnson, coming out nine days after the end of the season um, and uh, holding a press conference. But So at least the Texans can hang their hat on, on that. And that's, sure. that's the way that the divisional playoff weekend is going to end. Uh, the four games start with Denver at Baltimore, uh, Baltimore at Denver, and then Green Bay at San Francisco, Atlanta taking on Seattle. Um, and we will be talking about that game with our first guest on this show, Russell Wilson. Just a little dangerous. Friend Russell of the program. Wilson. First name Russell, last name Wilson. Wilson. Yes. We'll be phoning in from the Pacific Northwest. He was on our kickoff program. He was. As a raw rookie, had yet to play a single game. Interestingly enough, Another guest on that kickoff program, Tony Gonzalez. Yes. And Tony Gonzalez, we talked about that uh, with him, the fact that he had yet to win a playoff game in his career, and that's one of the things motivating his, him to continue his Hall of Fame career. And of all the people standing in his way is the other guest on that kickoff program, Russell Wilson. 
and the Seattle Seahawks are the team that drew the straw to go visit Atlanta in the game that we've been talking about on this podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks. We have a good friend of the program, Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, is a is an avid listener of this. He might be actually on the treadmill listening to this right now, and he knows what we've been saying. Biking into work, remember? He Perhaps in, biking into work, work, he was telling eating, us. Eating no meat. Yes. You know, there is no meat in Thomas Dimitrov. That's why you never call him Dimitrov. That's how I remember uh, that. It's Dimitrov. Nice. There is no meat in uh, Thomas gotcha. Dimitrov. That was nice. He's, nice. he's a vegan. At any rate, uh, he, he and all the Falcons fans who have been regular listeners of this podcast know we've been talking about it for weeks. The well, Falcons have not gotten any regular season love because what has gone down in the postseason for the last eight years, 2004 was the last time that they won a playoff game. Two years ago, they were the top seed in the NFC. They were one and done by the red-hot Green Bay Packers as Ooh. Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl. Boat race in that game. Last year, their only offensive touchdown with the so-called remade, revamped, high-octane offense. Uh, the only points scored were the two points in, um, in MetLife on defense, the safety that the Falcons came up with as they were one and done again. Now here they come with the Seattle Seahawks coming in, coast another cross country flight for them they've got to go to the east coast for a second consecutive week and this is the so-called early game for them in their in their mental the mental clocks will read 10 a.m which is always tough for a west coast team to win an early afternoon contest on a sunday i have a problem with that that's scheduling that's what that's are you gonna do wrong. that's the way it is that's the way it is when the season ended the the league sets not only the wild card right matchups but also the divisional matchups and that's just the way it is you got to play them when you when you when you when you have to play them. That's the way coaches always look at the schedule. And Pete Carroll, I'm sure, will say that. We'll talk about all of this with Russell Wilson, who was right there on the field as RG three. Sixteen uh, minutes away. Yeah, he went down. Well, we're hoping. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, RG three went down. Uh, Russell Wilson was out there on the field. If you saw, he came out as um, as uh, RG three was down on the turf, and it was the Redskins who um, learned how troublesome the Seattle Seahawks can be when you're lined up against them. And that game turned. Uh, I tweeted it out, even though uh, the play after Griffin the third tweaked that injured knee, they did score a touchdown to make it 14 nothing. But after that, he just looked like a different quarterback. Yeah, no question. The game turned there. It's odd that a game turns on a team, on a play that a team then gets up two scores on one play after. But they, he was different. The Redskins were different. The Seahawks got 13 points before halftime, and even after Marshawn Lynch fumbled on the opening possession of the second half at the one-yard line, you could just feel, even though the Seahawks were down by one, you could feel it, it felt like they were up. And it felt like the Redskins had no chance to come back in that game at any point. But as things were moving forward, the Seahawks still could not get points on the board. You don't get points for dominating a team in the nope. stat sheet until Marshawn Lynch busted one in the end zone Thanks to Russell Wilson leading the key block, I, I just I, I, I want to pick this kid's brain as to how he how he ticks. You don't it, see that. It's it was incredible. Awesome. It was a toss play to the right, and it came out of nowhere. Ran up in front and was. You got to think Pete Carroll's kind of like, all right, Marshawn's a big guy. He'll get in there on his own. I'm sure he loved it, but that's your quarterback. I, I, I'm sure he loved it. Well, Marshawn Lynch ran over three guys well, to get guy, in the end zone. This guy leads by example. That's the end of that. Michael Robinson get in the end zone. I did, as it was the. The wild card weekend for fullbacks. It was John Kuhn two times. Fonte Leach. Fonte Leach. 
and then so th- Michael Robinson three got in. fullbacks score touchdowns, and uh, none of them. I don't believe any of them were chosen in the <laughs> fantasy playoff challenge of the podcast, which we were going to hit later on on this show. That includes a phone chat with Richie Sambora, hey the now. lead guitarist and Hall of Fame songwriter of Bon Jovi. And I got to we'll admit, talk I was playoffs like, with him. I was a little amazing. skeptical, and and uh, why is that? Because you you're know, not from Jersey. No, I, I mean I love <laughs> I love love Richie, but you know it's, it's like playoff time. Why are we having Richie Sambor? The guy knows his stuff. He brings Richie it. Richie Sambor is from Perth Amboy. We taped him yesterday. We share a bridge. The Otter Bridge connects my hometown with his. What? Forget about it. Come it, on, it's a good it's a good interview for sure. <laughs> and uh, so at the real Sambora is on this program, and um, also still to come. We'll not only review the playoff challenge results through the first week of uh, the um, of the playoffs. Uh, our group ballooned up to over six thousand entries. Huge! We're almost at sixty-five. I think we are. We are just uh, uh, twenty-seven short of sixty-five hundred entries at this point. In Incredible! Time. And if you're listening, you could still join. I mean, I'll be very honest with you: you are handicapped to not have any first week points. But you never know sure. what may happen. So you should get in, and the winner uh, not only gets a, a phone call into this show to boast about his or her fantasy playoff acumen, but uh, also a free NFL rewind if you're from the States and a free NFL game pass if you're from overseas. Yeah, it's, it's great. And we pay for the trunk call. We pay for the trunk call, and with the game pass from overseas, you can actually watch live NFL Network programming oh. on game pass, and you'll be able to access any game from the 2020 So I could season. get NFL AM sitting in you Germany. You can get NFL AM why sitting in Germany. Why wouldn't anybody do that? It would be NFL PM probably it at that be. point, right? <laughs> yes, it would be very good. Yes. Very, very good. Although, try telling that to the people who work on NFL AM. <laughs> um, so, let's review a little bit of uh, the playoff games, starting with Houston hosting Cincinnati. Um, and, and we're always honest here. I think the few of the, the wild card games lived up to any exciting billing. Um, Houston and Cincinnati came down to which team was going to make the play. Matt Schaub threw a pick six to put Cincinnati right back in a game that they were up 6 nothing and dominating. And sure enough, uh, Schaub was able to put together enough drives to get uh, to kick enough field goals. Yeah, to, to kick enough field goals to take the lead. And the Bengals hung around. And if Andy Dalton hits AJ Green, who had oh. a stride on the on the secondary, he had a few steps. He had a step or two or three. If Dalton drops it in, it changes the entire tenor of the division I mean, playoff I th- weekend because I think the Texans lose that. Right, game. I think Cincinnati holds on to win. That was my game. Uh, to produce a highlight for this weekend, and you never got a sense, I didn't at least watching it, that Houston was going to hold on. I, I, I was just waiting for Cincinnati to make a play, and they never could. They just couldn't. They couldn't. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis was, was invisible, which for them is, if you take a look at their their record when, when he's good and when he's not, or at least he gets his touches and when he doesn't, I mean, that's an indicator of whether they win or they lose. And the Bengals, bless them, still haven't gone... I still haven't won a playoff game since 1990, and they've never won a playoff game on the road. And the Bengals do get back-to-back playoff seasons, but they're one and done in the same building. And now, you know, Michael Lombardi said it on, a, on first on the field that Saturday morning that if Dalton doesn't get it done in this game, 
the Bengals are going to have to sit there and think as to whether he's the right guy for the job. See, I think that's ridiculous. I do, too. Back-to-back second, playoffs? Playoff year. And, and especially in that division, Rich, where you're constantly going up against Pittsburgh and Baltimore to to be a two-back-to-back playoff this team. This is what Lombo said. Maybe he's playing mind games as the future general manager of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I think the bigger problem there is Jay Gruden interviewing for head coaching jobs everywhere, and now you know their their defensive coordinator is going to be out, too. They could lose their OC and DC. I don't know. I think you Mike know, Zimmer. Zimmer, as a matter of fact, is, is – interviewing for a couple jobs finally uh, San Diego being one another one is Cleveland yep. where a lot of people think that would be a good fit but um, so the Texans move on and they move to New England and I mentioned at the top of this podcast that's what they got to hang their hat on is that that's happened in New England before and that somehow some way they could defensively get in Brady's face which is the way to which is the way to beat them and they do have the horsepower to do that with a running back that can possibly keep him on on the sidelines. And and people a lot of people forget that New England Houston game from uh, week 14. Uh a lot of the bounces went New England's way. Houston was very unlucky early in falling behind like well, they did. That's 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 mighty uh rational. I'm an objective say. viewer, Rich. Okay. I don't want to be labeled a homer. Still I think New England wins this thing. I th- I think the I mass think... doesn't want to be <laughs> nice. <laughs> doesn't want to be called a homer, he says. No. Okay. Love you, Brockman. Make makes sense. I I still think New England wins this thing. I do too. I think it's a two score game at least. You do? I do. Okay. Is that code for anything to any of the listeners out there? Not at all, but that's okay. just my opinion. All right, very good. Uh, the, the evening game turned out to be much ado about nothing. The Week 17 finale between Green Bay and, and, and Minnesota was the game of the week. It was one of the games of the year because of everything that was on the line. It was so intense. It was so exciting. It was so everything that the wild card game wasn't. <laughs> it was not. And it all turned out because of Christian Ponder not being able to go. And I heard through my sources – that uh, the Vikings, the Vikings, no, 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 no. <laughs> Did you didn't see that on my bottom line. Uh, that the Vikings knew the night before, they knew the night before, and just were sitting on it. That they knew Ponder just couldn't go, and that uh, Ponder couldn't go. It's just that simple. And then Joe Webb comes out, and then the first series looked, looked to present a big problem with his mobility and running the football. And Adrian Peterson looked unstoppable right. again, and still that they had to settle for the field goal because as what my English teacher would call a harbinger, a sign of things to come for those who or who went to Penn State. <laughs> um, is that burn? Is, is that and that third down? He uh, he one hopped it. Yeah, the bounce pass wasn't even close. Joe Webb's bounce passing was was what really did him in, and you just knew at some point he would have to three step, five step, seven step, hit the back foot and go. And he never seemed to be able to do that. Mariucci was just like, if you can't, if you're not throwing throughout the season, you just can't. You just even even if you've spent your whole life doing it, you can't go into a situation like that, a building like that, against a defense like that, and succeed. You know, I mean, and but there were just situations at the end of the first half. Instead of going hail mary, he 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 like went with the pitch. He one hopped it to second base. Couple questionable when he was under pressure throwing the ball away. I mean, it oh, was Lord Almighty. So, but now that's something. I mean, he looks like a guy who hasn't played the entire season. Best tweet I got was from somebody saying, "Let's just imagine this was Jay Cutler who couldn't go." Yeah. So Ponder's getting a lot of benefit of the doubt, and you know he showed that there was a photograph of his bruised right arm. It looked terrible, and that more and more of the beat writers spoken to Ponder fully are convinced he just couldn't go in that game. No matter how much medicine that could have been thrown, you know, syringed into his arm, it just couldn't go, and that was it. And that was the end of the Viking season. I mean, no matter how great 
Adrian Peterson is, and it just shows you how great he is with the game that Webb had. Ninety-nine yards rushing. He almost ran for hundred yards anyway. And uh, that's a game where they needed to get points fast, and they were trying to get him through. Peterson trying to stay true to their offense. Couldn't do it. Green Bay now goes to San Francisco. Green Bay now goes to the Bay Area, where Aaron Rodgers is from. (laughs) He's from Chico, California. The Niners are the team of his youth. They passed up on him. I'm telling you, you're going to hear a lot about this over the next few days. Rodgers won't admit it. But all you have to do is just look at the His Brady. Face. Just look at the Brady Six documentary. Yeah, Tom Brady from the Bay Area. Niners didn't draft him. Six other quarterbacks were taken in front of him. The Brady Six documentary, when he's talking about the other six quarterbacks that went before Brady, went 199th overall. And you saw Brady telling the story about walking around the block with his dad, trying to get out of the house, waiting to get drafted, and his mom was crying, and Brady with his three Super Bowl rings and Super Bowl MVPs and beautiful model wife and life that most men would give their left Musburger for. (laughs) Okay. He's crying. He's crying. Maurice Jones-Drew, what number does he wear? 32. And why does he wear 32? 32 teams passed up on him. These guys don't forget it. And I think Rodgers is going to come to San Francisco with that chip on his shoulder, even though... One of the members of the staff that was part of the Niners that chose the Alex Michael Smith McCarthy. is his current head coach. Yeah. Even so, but he was uh, the quarterbacks coach. Rational too. thinking, I don't believe, factors in. It's something that just never goes away. And he's coming in, Kaepernick. I love the letter that you tweeted out. Yeah, uh, like as a fifth grader, he as wrote a fourth a, grader, fourth grader. Yeah, he wrote that he wanted to be the uh, Packers quarterback. The, the Packers and the Niners the were Niners. his favorite team. Yeah. And he said he would be Incredible, a quarterback. Huh? Kind of interesting. You have those two quarterbacks that both wanted to play. When it all comes down to him, interestingly enough, because uh, week one is a game that was replayed on NFL Network on uh, Thursday night of this week. You'll see it if uh, you listen to it before um, it airs. Uh, that was Alex Smith. And that was a game where the Niners really weren't in trouble throughout. But it's week one. You know, teams need to get their sea legs under them. It's the first real competition. I don't think anybody believes preseason is a real competition, but it's the real first competition, and the Niners hit him in the mouth, set a tone, and uh, and won 30-22. Frank Gore scored. I mean, it was typical smash-mouth 49ers in your face, hit you every single opportunity when you have the ball, and then when they have the ball, hit you with every single opportunity. It was typical stuff. But now here comes Kaepernick, and you saw what Joe Webb was able to do when he got out of the pocket. Kaepernick is not going to one-hop people. And this is a guy who's been playing all season, so he's in that game rhythm where Joe Webb... Who do you think wins? I like Green Bay. Chris? Ooh, um, I like Green Bay, too. So just do the I. Quarterback. I don't yeah. know why I do. I just do. And it's not because I have Green Bay to the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers in the Fantasy Challenge. Uh, it's not that, huh? No. I, I, no, I, I just... Like I don't Bay. know. I, I just... I believe this Rodgers is intangible. Right. And he's playing so well... The throw to Jordy Nelson in that wild card game just show. I mean, nobody throws on the run like him. Like him, nobody. And it's your, I've never it's seen anybody throw too. on the run like that. I've never. He's incredible, and I just feel that he's going to make those plays. And I feel that Kaepernick is going to feel the pressure. I just feel it. I might be wrong. This is the one game that I have no earthly idea about. I feel really confident about the other ones. 
but this one I, I don't know. I, I just feel Green Bay goes. And then you've got um, Denver hosting Baltimore to start. The whole Ray Lewis story this past week was incredible to, to witness. Um, you know, I tweeted out that his dance coming out of the tunnel with all the Baltimore fans waiting for this moment and living this moment and will remember where they were be at this moment. I equated that to the Cal Ripken post-Garrig Camden Yards victory yeah, lap. Boy, did I get a ton of angry tweets from Baltimoreans. Angry? Angry, angry tweets from Baltimoreans saying, how can you compare a dance to the breaking of a hallowed record? I got a lot of hashtag murderer, all of that stuff. A lot of angry people. Interesting. A lot of, and then I got people saying, "Yeah, I'll never forget where I was." Right. The people in the building sure, sure won't. Did you hear from Josh Charles? I did. Josh Charles was at the game. Right. He doesn't tweet during the game, though. I mean, he, he was on the sideline too. He I was, think he was on the field beforehand. Yeah. He was at the game. He he said that was the most incredible thing he's seen in person, the Ray Lewis dance. He also uh, thanked me. Uh, for forcing him to take Joe Flacco in the fantasy <laughs> challenge, which was a great pick when it all comes to it. He also had a problem with Ray Rice fumbling twice because yeah. we both had him in our fantasy challenge. But he's alive for the next week. And um, and the, uh, the, the whole question is, is what happens now moving forward? Right. What happens now moving forward with them going to Denver? Well, you saw a few weeks ago, Denver easily handled them. Worst home loss in the John Harbaugh era which now, by the way, is five consecutive seasons with a playoff victory. Flacco's the only quarterback to do that to start a career <laughs> in NFL history. No, no. Uh, which one, is one other quarterback, five. Uh, it'll come to start in a second. The, no, I saw that. I, I to didn't, start a career. No, not to start a to career. Start, Maybe not to start a career, but five, consec- five consecutive years. Which gets lost in the whole, you know, Flacco can't win a big game. They don't trust him. Well, this him is a and, huge game for the Ravens, man, because it's not just the Colts. Which you you know who, who used to be from Baltimore, which as Josh Charles so eloquently explained last week, and Billick as well, that's that still counts for something and for for a certain guard, older guard of fans. But with Flacco's free agency coming, and they'll franchise him or give him a long term contract based on what they're seeing. But if he lost it, and they franchised him, and then what do you do with the offensive coordinator? I mean, if they go on a run here. But what if it they get, makes things easier for the Ravens. If, what if they, they didn't, get, I think it, it, it puts their entire plan in flux if they lost that game. They didn't. They didn't. But to, but he only had 12 completions. He he was 50% from the, you know, throwing the ball. But, and So what if they get blown out by Denver again? Well, that's the whole point. And Denver, as we all know, um, uh, Josh Charles, I, I, I won't. All right, I'll out him. He was <laughs> texting me all week about who yeah. has Denver really played. You know, who has Denver really played? The teams that they really played. And then you're hearing that a lot. You're hearing that a lot. Who has Denver really played? Their first five were tough. Well, their first five. And they weren't weren't really who they are at this point. Their first five, they did play Atlanta. They did play Houston. And they did play New New England. And they played Pittsburgh to start the season, won it, then went to Atlanta. We all remember that Monday night game where Manning was picked off three times in the first quarter, lost that, came home, lost to the Texans, then got well against the Raiders. Then week five, lost to New England and went to Monday night football, got down 24-0 to San Diego. And that that, that is when the season changed. Right. When Manning began getting on the same page, he could make a little high sign to Demarius Thomas and Thomas and Decker. All knew what he meant. That's when they got started, 
and they have beaten everybody on their schedule in front of them, and not only beaten them, but they have beaten them by seven points or more. Every single team. Every single team. Think about that. Think about that. What they have done. And you can only beat who's in front of you. you Russell's can o- calling in, too. You can only beat who's in front of you. And you take a look at Denver. They beat San Diego that day. They beat New Orleans by 20. They beat Cincinnati by 8. They beat Carolina by 22. They beat San Diego by just merely 7. Huh. Kansas City was their tough one at Kansas City, remember, because Cornell usually gives them some problems, but he still won that by 8. Tampa by 8. Oakland by 13. Baltimore by 17. Cleveland by 22. And Kansas City by 35. I mean, they are rolling people. And now Baltimore's got to go to the Rocky Mountain Air in a short week. It's an early Saturday. They just played early Sunday. I like Denver in this one. Me too. Chris Law, do you like Denver in this one? I, I do like Denver, the the the... the the mile high air, you know, with but that maybe defense. Ray Rice might make maybe an appearance. Maybe Ray Rice up the middle might make an appearance. Uh, the other quarterback, by the way, Otto Graham, to win his uh, first five games is a uh, first five playoff games. However, mm-hmm. one of those was in the American football, the All American Football Conference. So we're talking about the I, I know so. and the National Football and Otto Graham also famous for uh, a fact that I don't think any, a lot of people know. Um, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, his unitard is in there. <laughs> Nice. I did not know. Yes, that. I, as a matter of fact, I that as a matter of fact, that was one of my fantasy team names one year was Otto Graham's Unitard. <laughs> Back in the day, he not only won. I mean, think about how restricting that could be playing in a Unitard. Think about that. I'm not going to lie, Rich. I'm in a Unitard right now. Chris Law, my, uh, Chris Law. That's yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell. That's you being you right there. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell. Russell's so, calling in about a minute. We, we should have great. Russell on in about. That's a great. So we might as well just talk about what we saw then in the in 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 the last game of that of that of that playoff contest of the playoff weekend with Seattle getting down fourteen nothing. Did you think it was over at that point? Did you Heck think the Redskins no. were no. going? No. 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 Because it's still it's still first quarter. But the big play, and I want to talk about this with Russell Wilson. Third and long. Third and long. He escapes the rush. Barely, because this Dowdy kid played out of his mind. Yeah. He, was, he was tracking Wilson down left and right, up and down. He flips it out to Zach Miller, picks it off his shoe tops, picks up the first down. Otherwise, they would have been three and out, sending the Redskins back out again, 14 nothing. That was a big play, because they moved it down the field and made it 14-3. Marshawn right. Lynch picking up his fumble, too, oh, and advancing it for the first down. I mean, and, and he picked it up like it was a like suitcase, it was un- like it had a handle on it. And then just goes up the left side. Right. That was, that was a huge Huge play. Too. And, and then, then the, and the Redskins, again, they just sort of got away from the butler. Alfred Morris, yeah, 16 nice. rushes. Just 16. And I'm just wondering if the fact that RG3 was hobbled and thus took them out of whatever normal running game they might be the with read, o- read option, right? Yeah, I'm wondering if that happened. But offensively, from from the minute they were down fourteen nothing to the end of the game, Seattle just crushed it, they, and they are dangerous. That, he had two throws, and they were great catches too. But the out to Sidney Rice that he caught, yep. where he drug his uh, foot. Other than that, that and Anquan Bolden. His touchdown, even though Darius Butler got yeah, his arms through in. Bolden's arms. Incredible. I mean, I don't know how you defend Bolden, that any Bolden better. basically grabbed the football with both his hands around, around the him. arm of the defender. <laughs> and still. And came down with it. Couldn't, I mean, his hands are like vices. Yeah. 
And then Bolden. the other one was Pla- that was the catch of the weekend. But Rice was a close second, man. And then he had a laser to Tate on, on a on yep. an out on yep. the left sideline yep. where Tate huge made a and nice Tate catch. and Tate made it just it, it made it look easy. So these guys are making plays for him. Miller, the tight end, is suddenly becoming a force because he's been pretty quiet since Lynch going up is, there. From Lynch Oakland. is is a beast, as we all know, and Russell Wilson is crushing it. The only rookie left. Only rookie left. He is killing it, man. I love watching him play. I love it. And he is the, uh, we've mentioned it before, I'll say it again, the personification of a coach meaning what he says is in the personal form of Russell Wilson. I'm going to draft you. My owner has already spent the money on a free agent quarterback who we have wooed to bring here. Of course, the owner could flip over a couch cushion and find that money. But that said, he's got enough of the what the uh, the cojones and they had the Musburg. He's got the Musburgers and they had yes. Tavares Jackson who started Correct. the whole previous year. He's got the Musburgers, the Musburgers. Or, or to, along with John Schneider, the general manager there, to say, "Hey, Paul, listen, I know we've done this, but we really like this kid that the rest of the league passed up on with us twice." We like this kid in the 75th pick. Uh, he's not six feet, technically. He's definitely technically, not. Technically not six feet. And, yes, you know, he played a lot of baseball, too. Shortstop. But we like him to the point where we're going to give him a shot. We just want to give him a shot. Okay, fine. Then the guy, he says, always compete, right? It's everywhere. Those always signs compete. are everywhere. Always compete. You compete, you can get the gig. The path for your success is here. I'm not standing in the way. If you compete and you perform, you got it. That's the way Pete Carroll coaches. And how many times you hear a coach say one thing does another thing? Russell Wilson is the personification of that. And look at what he's turned into. It's incredible. It is. He's I, a full-grown man. I would admit to being completely wrong. I saw him firsthand with my own eyes at the Senior Bowl last year. Didn't think there was any chance he could play. I li- I'm, not, I'm not trying to you know, pat my own back, but I will. I liked him coming into the season. I mean, you, as we said before, we've well, watched, we said him, we watched before, him a lot you know, last year. Yes, and we Wisconsin. said that, you know, he's, remember what he said? He, the, uh, he watched a lot of film. We heard that he watched so much film that, you know, he was like a, a football film buff. That's all he did was prepare. And um, no, I didn't expect this necessarily. Look at what he's done: an eleven-win regular season. You gonna pick him? You gonna pick him against the Falcons? Well, he's calling in right now. Let's let's. let's. <laughs> you gonna pick him? There he is. Yes, I'm picking oh, him. Oh man, I'm picking him. I'm going with Seattle. Sorry, TD. Sorry, Dimitrov. And, and our You're boy, the natural. I know, and my boy, the natural, and Tony Gonzalez. Yes, I'm going with Seattle. Wow. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. And 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 that's one hundred percent because Russell Wilson's on. <laughs> no, I also believe in him too. They're, they're, Atlanta's going to have their hands full. That's for sure. And joining us now on the Rich Eisen podcast is the man himself, the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. Pleased to have back on the program, Russell Wilson. How are you, Russell? I can't complain. How are you doing? I bet you can't complain. <laughs> Life is good. How do you celebrate a win like that, Russell? I uh, just get ready for the next game, you know, and it's a great opportunity for us, and we're really excited about it. Got to go fly back back east to Atlanta, and it's going to be a great game. Obviously, they're a tremendous football team. Uh, they have a, a great, great, you know, fan base, and it'll be a great game, and it'll be loud out there, and we can't wait to get out there and step on the field. Yeah, but play. people can't begrudge somebody from the mid-Atlantic area like you are <laughs> going into the house of the Redskins in a first career start 
and doing what you did. I mean, you didn't even allow yourself a few minutes to soak that in, Russell? Uh, not too much. You know, you can't get too high and can't get too low in this game. This game really humbles you. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, obviously we're happy. We're, we're excited about the opportunities, but we're not satisfied yet. We're, there's a lot more to do. Um, and so, um, you know, our next battle is obviously against the Falcons, and it'll be a great one. It'll, it'll be a great game. So uh, I, I, just do me just do me the favor of, of humoring me for just 30 seconds. All right. <laughs> you grew up in this area. What you have done and what you have accomplished – is the envy of so many other players and franchises, for that matter, to have someone like yourself. You don't sit back even for a moment and say, that was awesome. Not even for a split second? I wouldn't lie to you. I mean, I definitely think it, it's, uh, it's a, you know, I'm very, very blessed, I should say, to have this opportunity to be a Seattle Seahawks starting quarterback, to be in the playoffs as a rookie, to win our first playoff game, um, to, you know, play in a huge, huge game this weekend coming up. Um, and you know, I'm definitely excited about it, but at the same time, you know, I know that, you know, I have a lot more work to do. And I think, you know, the key is just ignoring the noise. You know, I think that's something that I've learned, you know, over the time of playing professional sports. You know, when I played baseball and also, obviously, playing big-time college football and ACC and the Big Ten and then obviously playing the National Football League is, is you have to be able to ignore the noise and um, not pay attention to what, you know, everybody's saying about you, how good you are, or how bad you are, or whatever. The key is just believing yourself and believing your football team. I think that we're definitely doing that. Are you are you considering this podcast noise? Is that what should I should read into your comments there, Russell? Sounds like it, Rich. Maybe you may have to read into it a little bit deeper. Because uh, I mean, I feel <laughs> I feel I feel like this podcast is a is a twelfth man. I, I believe you know you were on you were on at the very beginning. Of the, the tw- I hope you're rooting for the twelfth man. Well, you know what? I'll tell you this. Um, anytime I tweet something about the Seahawks, yeah, it automatically becomes the most retweeted thing that I tweet. Good. Well, well, you better start tweet, tweeting every day about the Seahawks. Well, no, here, seriously, here, Russell. After you uh, took care of um, after you took care of Buffalo, mm-hmm. in the manner in which you took care of Buffalo, I tweeted out if. RG3 had done what Russell Wilson just did. All of us in the national media would be doing cartwheels. Seahawks can be rookies of the year, too, is what I said. I appreciate that. And that that. that got retweeted almost 2,000 times. Look at you. Well, I'm I'm not. I mean, that is a humble brag in a way. But what I'm pointing out to say is this is not noise, man. This is good stuff. Oh, it is. It definitely is great okay. stuff. You know, it's not good stuff. It's great stuff. And just to be able to be where we are right now, it's a great opportunity for us. But at the same time, like I said, you know, we're not satisfied with where we are. and We have a lot more work to do. What, did, uh, what was the first conversation you had with Pete Carroll about the possibility of starting? When did that, when did that first happen? Um, well, when I first got drafted, he told me that, you know, Russ, you're going to have a great opportunity here. And he, he didn't really go into deep detail. You know, just, he just told me, Russ, be yourself. Be who you are and you know, be the leader you are and, and just come in here and compete. And so, obviously, I was going to do that anyway, and that's my mentality every day. And so, you know, my mentality coming into the season was just, you know, come in to be ready to be the starter. Get here early. Leave late. You know, because I love the game, and I just want to learn as much as I can. I'm on that constant quest for knowledge. And so, after rookie minicamp, as soon as the last throw was thrown, he came up to me and said, Russell, you're going to have the opportunity to be the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. 
you know, and so, you know, that put a smile on my face, obviously, because I, you know, I, you know, I want to be the franchise quarterback for this football team, you know, for a long, long time. It's a great city. It's a, it's a great coaching staff. I got great football players on the team, and and uh, you know, there's nothing better than uh, being a quarterback in the National Football League. And so, I just want to take one day at a time, and he gave me that opportunity. So, what have you seen something on film with the Falcons that that you you think you can exploit so far? No, I wouldn't say that. I think the biggest thing is they're a great defense. They've done a tremendous job all season. Obviously, their record shows it. And um, you know, we're going to, have to bring our A plus game. You know, I'm going, to, I'm going to play a great game and be smart with the football, um, deliver the ball on time, uh, and be great on third down in the red zone. Just like every other game. You know, it's no different. You have to be, you have to be great in those situations. And um, and so I'm excited about the opportunity. It's going to be uh, a great game. Who do you call outside of the world of football each week? Who are you in contact with? outside of just the whole pigskin of it all? Well, you know, I, I have a small, small circle. You know, I really do. And I think that's that allows me to stay focused and, you know, like I said earlier, ignore the noise. You know, just having that small circle allows me to, you know, stay close with, you know, my family and my friends. Obviously, my mom, my sister, my brother, my wife, and, and uh, you know, and, and her and my wife's parents and uh, my best friend, Scott. So I'm, I'm really close to those people and uh, and some other people from Wisconsin and NC State that I, I used to play with. What do you think your dad would have thought seeing you beat the Redskins in a nationally televised playoff game? Russell. Oh man, he would have had a huge smile on his face. You know, obviously, um, you know, I believe that he was sitting there right in the fifty-yard line watching. You know, that's that's just the way I believe. But you know, I, um, you know, he, I know he'd be proud of me, and uh, he'd tell me to keep going, though. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing with me and the way that my parents raised me is just um, continue to um, be grateful for what you what what you have and what you know what you know and all that. But you know, just continue to grow, continue to learn as much as you can. Are you thinking Super Bowl, Russell? I'm thinking the Atlanta Falcons right now. You know, obviously, in the back of my mind, you know, it's not too far away. You know, the Super Bowl, and you know, we, you know, one of our goals is to bring that Lombardi Trophy home. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, you can't go too far ahead. You know, I think the biggest thing is we got to focus on Atlanta Falcons and beating them. See, I mean, you're you're the the rookie quarterback, right? And how old yeah. are you? You're you're 20. I just turned 24. Just 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 how long ago was that? A uh, month ago. Okay. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. So here that. you are, 24. You're the level-headed, uh, even-keeled quarterback. Then I look at your coach in his 60s <laughs> going out of his mind. Do you sometimes look at him and say, Coach, you know, I mean. I'm just afraid he's going to twist an ankle jumping <laughs> up and down as high as he does. I mean, golly. <laughs> I mean, he's all over the place, but you know, he he loves the game. That's why that's what you love about him. You know, he he loves his players. He loves what he coaches and how he coaches, and that's great. You know, we know what we're getting from Coach Carroll every day, and that's that passion, that desire to be great, and that competitive nature that he brings, and we love that about him. Yeah, and then and then we we take a look at your play, and, and you seem to be a perfect extension of his philosophy. We see you leading Marshawn Lynch into the end zone on the go-ahead eventual game-winning score. What, what, can you walk me through the process? What makes you even think of taking off towards that play to help out? Well, you got one of the best running backs in the, in the National Football League, and he, he can be very, very special. So you never know what's going to happen. You never know if he's going to come out to the left, come out to the right, break down the middle. So, you know, I just saw an opportunity, and, um, and uh, you know, I just tried to race in front of him and allow him to – get into the end zone. We needed that touchdown. That was a huge touchdown, a huge momentum getter for us. And 
we were doing a great job throughout the whole game after the second, you know, after the first quarter, we were doing a great job of moving that, the ball down the field. We just need to continue to capitalize, and uh, we, we definitely did that, that drive. Well, no matter what happens, you're already a candidate for the Vizio Top Value Performer of the Year Award. Um, well, I, I appreciate that, man. That's gonna be that would be pretty cool to win that award. Yeah, you had Stephen Ridley, Alfred Morris, the Butler, Eric Decker, and Cecil Shorts in terms of value. I mean, um, do do you wear at all the 75th overall pick chip? on your shoulder at all, Russell? Do you think about that at all? Uh, you know, do I think about it, to be honest with you, on an everyday basis? Not really. You know, I I think that no matter where I was taken, if I was the number one pick overall, if I was the 75th pick overall, if I was the 200th pick overall, you know, obviously you see guys like Tom Brady, who's you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League and one of the best quarterbacks of all time who was picked late and just believed in himself. And then you see other great quarterbacks who are picked number one who are, you know, the best quarterbacks, you know, to play the game. So you, it doesn't really matter. It's all about once you get there, what are you going to do? And, uh, you know, I think that's my mentality. And, you know, I love playing the game of football and I love learning. I know you got a wide receiver meeting, Russell. Thanks for squeezing this noise in. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. Great <laughs> you got it. Go Hawks. You be- here it is. Russell Wilson, Go everybody. Hawks. Russell Wilson. Here on the Rich Eisen Podcast, three words leap to mind. If you're a Seahawk fan, you're part of the Seahawk front office, you're the Seahawk coaching staff, you've got any Seahawk blood coursing through your veins, three words, dream come true. Dream come true. Absolutely. I'm thinking about changing my pick, Rich. That's your guy. That's your guy, and he just turned 24. And this is what he's already accomplished, mostly as a 23-year-old. Congratulations, man. That is what we call a keeper. Everybody, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to predict this, and I know people might think I'm gushing or whatever, whatever. Uh, that, this is, we're going to be talking about this at the Combine on that, on that Combine Sunday with all the quarterbacks in the field. We'll be talking about it on the path to prime time all the way up throughout pro days to the draft. Who's the next Russell Wilson? Yep. Everyone's going to be talking about that. Not who's the next Luck. Who's the next RG3? Because we all know those top quarterbacks at the top of the draft that everybody thinks of as a surefire, those are rare breeds. You know what's also rare? The 75th overall pick doing this in the first season, and I don't think this is a flash in the pan. You heard him. Am I wrong? Please tell me if you think I'm out of I'm, – I'm, I don't think you're wrong at all. I uh, think, I'm out of, uh, out of pocket I here. think on February 2nd at NFL Honors, the Saturday before the Super Bowl, He's going to be announced as Rookie of the Year. I disagree. You disagree? Yes, because oh. those votes came before Wild Card Weekend. But uh, uh, votes even are in before then. Wild Card Weekend, and I don't believe there's enough enlightened voters. Enlightened, good choice. Who live west of the Mississippi? Right. I, think, I don't think I so. Think I think some... I think Luck or RG three is walking to that. I stage think that East Coast. Uh, bias well, you take the vote the now. There. You take the vote now different story. Well, he doesn't have anything to do with this, but you mentioned the top value performer. If you want to vote for him, yes, sir. Uh, you can go to Vizio.com slash TVP to, to vote. There's some great nominees on there, like you mentioned. And uh, if you want to see Russell win it, win it. Have him win it. He, co- he cost them, what, 419000 this year? Whatever. And That'll have to get redone and uh, lickety-split. Hopefully for his sake. But Keeps his entourage close. Do we, do we go he with does the consider this noise, though. Do we nickname Small him? circle. I mean, he's got dangerous as his. Well, I mean, he's. I think Dion with you know first name oh, Russell, yeah. last name Wilson. Last name Wilson. I, 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 I like he's the, going the against the natural though. Which in I like case, the am, I, am, I, am I out? By the way, am I out? 
Am I out of out of the, I mean, the I dirty think, south? I think Atl- Atlanta's going to excommunicate I'm out. you. <laughs> oh yeah, you're done. You just said they were going to win. You were trying to change the match rule. You picked the. You, you took him. You're gushing over Russell. I like the Wizard Last of Oz. Wilson, Emerald City in Seattle. Well, let's then let's 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 give an honest assessment of this game before we get to Richie Sambora, which is something I never thought I'd ever say. <laughs> this this game features. In the 10 years that I've been fortunate enough to do this, the biggest, and I'm not, this is not figurative, I mean literally, the biggest matchup of human beings outside of the numbers that I think I've seen. Julio Jones, Roddy White, two very physical large receivers. Browner, Sherman, two very large physical corners. Earl Thomas is back there. Cam Chancellor's bringing the wood back there. Tony Gonzalez coming. This Tony season. Gonzalez coming. I mean, this is some. I mean, normally you talk about the size and the physical nature of the trenches matchup. This is going to be huge, outside of the numbers and down the field, just as big as it's going to be in the trenches. Browner's what six four? Isn't Brandon Browner six four? It's just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, how is there an big edge? Like, is it even? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to come down to a couple of things: the quarterback play, obviously, and and the running game. And I, I hate to keep bringing it up because I sound like a bitter fantasy player, which I am. Michael Turner, one yard and a cloud of rubber pellets is not going to cut it when Marshawn Lynch is coming downhill for the other team. And it is going to be on Matt Ryan, who we love. Absolutely. Who is the natural. But as we are currently sitting here, the natural has one fewer career playoff victories than the other quarterback <laughs> coming into the game. And we need to see it. And the Week 17 performance, when everybody played at home against the Buccaneers to close out the season, that's what's in the mind's eye right now, along with the last eight years of playoff, or not even making the playoffs, um, and their, I guess their, their lack of performance in those conditions. Yep. And that's why I'm sitting here thinking, I, I, for some reason, somebody's got to win one on the road, and I'm choosing both NFC road teams. Why not? Just for the mere fact that I would love to see a week, week full, when it's Seattle at Green Bay, a week full of fail Mary <laughs> replays. This is the also- league's the league's worst nightmare oh, coming into the NFC Championship game. A rematch of the fail Mary Monday night game, and I see it. I see it. Atlanta, I Atlanta could absolutely win this game, and they should. They should. They should with a rookie quarterback who, again, we sounds, he sounds like a 10-year veteran. But that said, rookie quarterback on the road in a hostile environment in the Dome, coming west, second consecutive week, Seattle to D.C., back, Seattle to Atlanta, early Sunday game. They win 13 games. They have the home field advantage throughout. They should win this game. Atlanta should win it. I feel have like you no, seen I, a one seed get less, I was gonna say. less respect? Not, I mean, like we've all said, they haven't we, done we anything in the postseason. Had to the earn Texans it, but... won in Indianapolis, they would have. Yeah, that's true. I feel like nobody's even picking the Falcons or even thinking about picking the Falcons. You're right, because again, they have to prove it. Now, if they go ahead and win this game and they win it in a, in a fashion that a division uh, winner, a, a a conference regular season winner should, and then Green Bay comes in or San Francisco comes in, people are going to say, "Well, we got to do it again." But they have to do it at least once. Certainly for Tony Gonzalez's sake. Oh. 
you know, this they is got the, their hands full. This one, this is the one. The two NFC matchups to me are flat out up in the air. Yeah. The AFC ones, I just don't see it. With all due respect to Baltimore and Houston, this just reeks of Brady at Manning for the yeah. entire country to sit down in CBS's dream scenario for the AFC Championship game kickoff six thirty Eastern Time primetime Sunday night for everybody to watch for all the AFC marbles what for the ra- right for Peyton Manning to go to his hometown and play for the Super Bowl or for Brady to go back to where he won his first Super Bowl all of that I think I see I see that in the AFC championship game kicking off championship Sunday maybe Lambeau Field gets another game maybe we see Seattle at San Francisco part three huh I think any matchup that comes all, out of the NFC is fantastic. Yeah, because the last time yeah. that the Packers and, and Falcons played in the playoffs, the, the Packers was the one and done. raced them. Right. That was the one and done. And then you got the Fail Mary Redux, and then you got, you it's know. Re, it's redo. It's the X is silent. Sort of like the D is silent in Django. I'm not French, Rich. <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's you know, the way we see this. So, so okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this way. I see AFC Championship Pick game. Let's do it. Lay it out. New England at Denver. Okay. And I am going to go out on the limb. Seattle at Green Bay. Seattle at Green Bay. What do you got, Brockman? What do you got? Uh, I also have New England going to Denver, and I can't go against the natural. I think uh, okay. Atlanta hosts Green Bay. Okay. What do you have, Chris Law? I'm a little different. I, I think Houston's going to surprise some people, Ooh. and I think they're going to take care of business. Says the man that Andy Reid would finish 10-6. 10-6. <laughs> I just I have okay. a feeling. Okay. I got a feeling. No, it's okay. Please continue. I should keep my mouth shut until you're finished. I, my I bad. The floor is yours, Chris Law. Uh, I blacked out. What, what were we doing? <laughs> Um. So yeah, I got I got Houston and Denver. I do have okay. I do have Denver so you've winning. got you've got a rematch of Week Three regular season. I do, and then uh, Texans at Denver, and then I like I do like Green Bay, and I got to go Seattle. There you I go. got to. Boy, Seattle. I mean, seriously, in the same way that we were joking, how uh, the entire national media would run to the archives and get the Romo fake snap had. Dallas yeah. hosted right. Seattle. The entire national. Uh, how quickly will it be for NFL Game Day uh, to get gonna the Fail Mary video? There's going to be a sit down with those refs. I was going to say, can we get the ref on the line? I don't know. You think? The, 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 ESPN will be send Tom Rinaldi to his door, <laughs> knock in. They'll bring the they'll bring the piano with them for the for the for the music. Somebody in the had a great tweet with Tom Rinaldi. It was like Tom Rinaldi just did a report in which no one died, no one did this. Or I know. Something like yeah, that. I know. And it was, Can we get uh, Wright Thompson to do one of those? Uh, how about the, the open? Or, yep. yeah. Did you see what my 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 yeah. email was? You forgot to mention that Miami's a perfect place for a boat race. Oh, yeah, man. that was great. Have we come up with a new phrase calling calling uh, a part of the the the, the maleness the uh, Musburgers? I Somebody's like, got the Musburgers. I, I like to do that. It? By the way, can we? Because he's all male. Can we just talk? He's about all it? male. Can we talk about that real quick? Sure. I mean, was he out of line? I don't think for, so. for our out for our out of country listeners, because we're always mindful of that. You are as well, of course. International. We're talking about, but and again, Richie Sambora waits the uh, the lead guitarist of Bon Jovi. Hall I think of Fame I think songwriter. Richie. He's got his own album coming yes. out as well. Yep. I think Richie would appreciate dropping. this conversation. Okay, that uh, Richie that, Richie appreciates the, the, the in the national championship game. AJ McCarron. The now two-time championship quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide. He is dating a Miss Alabama. Miss Alabama. Who's an Auburn who's grad. Who's an Auburn USA. graduate. Miss Alabama, USA. Her name is... Catherine Webb. Catherine Webb. K-Webb. 
Catherine Webb was shown on the ESPN broadcast no fewer than, what do you call it, ten times? Right? Maybe a ha- anywhere between a half dozen and a baker's dozen Throughout times. Throughout the course of the show. Right, because, right. again, it was baker's a boat race, it right. was there, and they kept showing her after, it was celebrating. After the second touchdown is when they showed her for the first time. Right, and then Brent Musburger essentially... Uh, swooned? Swooned. Uh, drooled all over his microphone saying, hey, you know, that's what they, they do in, in Alabama. If you're the quarterback, that's your life. Way to go. And he goes, that on the left is Miss Alabama, an Auburn graduate, and the girlfriend. And that's what it, that was. Was that her mom? It was, or his, it was his, mom. his mom. His mom. His mom, too beautiful. And then, and then said, quote, and, and then here's where he, he, he put the pedal to the metal a little too much. He goes, what a beautiful woman. And then I think Herb Street comes on right. top saying, he's yeah, he's laughing. living right or whatever. Right, right, right. So it was a little too long. He goes, if you're, a he goes, if you're a young man in Alabama, if you're a dad in Alabama, get your young sons out in the yard. And it is like, it was like, this is the way I looked at it. You see a beautiful woman, a gorgeous woman, a stunning lady. You're staring at her. She doesn't know you're staring at her. She looks up, realizes you're staring at her. And you keep staring three more seconds. <laughs> That's what this was to me. Was it like it's like it's like the Seinfeld I was just line? Say, cleavage poke, right? Cleavage, cleavage is like the sun. sun you yeah. glance and then you look and away. look away. <laughs> look away. Okay, glance and look away. Right. Musburger and the ESPN cameras out. did more than glance. They 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 stared. And then, when, and, then when, and then when the person noticed that they're staring, kept staring for a and few more seconds. And they kept going back and kept going That's back. what it was. That's the truck's fault, though. She not got bad. well over more than 100,000 more Twitter followers. I, I noticed this, 000. too. She yeah. had, when they showed her for the fir- in the first quarter at the first time, I looked her up on Twitter because I was curious. Good for you, sir. I did not follow, by the way. I have not. She had 26. You have scruples, sir. <laughs> You have morals and you have parameters she had that t- you respect. <laughs> Absolutely. Good for you, sir. Thank you. You did not follow. I did not follow. But you looked. But I looked. <laughs> she was at 2,600 followers. At the end of the game, over 150, and she's mm-hmm. over 200,000 today. today. Keep going. Because so, Darnell Dockett, Darnell no. Dockett tweeted his phone. But he number. direct messaged her. Like she follows him already. No, no, he thought he was direct. But messaged. what does right. it matter? You can't direct message somebody that's not following you, right? Darnell Dockett, that's the way Twitter works. Not, have you seen some of his tweets? <laughs> he tweets about. He tweets some ridiculous. Yeah, he he tweeted his digits at her. Right. And Andy Murray, the Georgia quarterback, he tweeted oh, that he wanted a date Lord with her. It, so my I, only thing. Was, she went on the. By the way, she went on the Today Show on Wednesday. She did to say that it, she thought it was cool. Yeah. Right. That what Musburger said did was cool, like calling another woman beautiful or gorgeous. She has no problem. Well, he, I talked with my wife about this because she she saw it, and you know, women all react differently. And my argument for Musburger is, if it's a normal girl, sure. But if your job is being a beauty queen, commenting on her beauty is not yeah. over the line. Well, here's the problem that I had with with my wife Susie talking about it with her. As I told her that I thought Musburger was totally cool with it, and then I said, "Am I right?" and put my hand up for a high five. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess how that went. I mean, I went, "Am I right?" <laughs> oh, I, see, I can see Susie's. You know, that was. <laughs> I could see it. Now. That was a step too far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where, where, do you, where do you come out of? The, I mean, your former Excuse employer, me. Rich, issued an apology yeah, I know. on behalf. I know. Of the, my brother-in-law was. He owed about that. The, the great Musburger gets embarrassed by an apology by the network that gives Skip Bayless a daily platform. 
He's the best. M- Musburger's the best, man. You know? Yeah. And and my son, my two-year-old, is just beginning to speak. Oh, I bet he was all he says the word. He says the word doggy like Musburger. He goes, doggy. Doggy. <laughs> and that's what Susie did say to me. She goes, you should tweet out that our two-year-old son, or nearly two-year-old son, when he says doggy, sounds like Musburger. Doggy. That's what he goes, doggy. <laughs> like he says, partner. Partner. Doggy. You are live. Boy, that chick is hot. <laughs> so from now on, someone's got the Musburgers. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. Affecting change. Speaking of, let's get now to Richie Sambora. He is uh, none other than the Hall of Fame songwriter from uh, Bon Jovi. As a matter of fact, his um, his bio at The Real Sambora on Twitter is simply songwriter, guitarist, Bon Jovi consigliere, and I'm pleased to have him on the Rich Eisen podcast here right in the middle of the playoffs. How are you, Richie Sambora? How are you, brother? I'm doing well. You're from Perth Amboy, huh? Perth Amboy, New Jersey, my friend. I'm right across from the Otter Bridge, Staten Island, New York. Hey, there you go. So we grew up with the Giants and the Jets and the Mets and the Yankees and the Knicks and the Nets. Yes, we did. We did. All, well, you know, I was thinking about it this morning when I woke up, right? Yeah. We seem to be, when you were growing up as kids, we're all kind of a slave to our geographical neighborhood. That's what we really, really like. Of right? course. Yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, because that's what's on the TV every day when you woke up, that regional stuff, you know? I know, but you have to pick and choose if you're a New Yorker or a, or a Jerseyite like yourself. I mean, it's very... I had to choose between Yankees and Mets. I had to choose uh, between Knicks and Nets, certainly between Rangers and Islanders. You know, it's one of those... You even have to be territorial within your territory. Exactly, you know. yeah. It's just like a regional little territorial thing that you've got to go through, too. But, you know, it, uh, what else is interesting? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, I mean, I remember my first Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl One. Mm-hmm. I became a Packers fan that day. That very day. That very day when Bart Starr, I mean, he was the hero. That was the guy. Of course. I mean, and, and, and that's like a, on your, have on your resume, like Neil Armstrong, first on the moon, to say you're the first Super Bowl MVP. I mean, you that can't. That was it. That's, that's the end of that. You know, so, and then you got Lombardi as a coach and the rest of those guys and Jerry Kramer and, you know. Yeah, forget about it. and Lombardi. Yeah, forget, exactly. Lombardi used to be, uh, you know, an assistant for the Giants too. He's, so he goes sort of way back to the whole area. He's a he's a New Yorker also. That's right. When Wyatt Tittle's on the team, he was, I'm right. showing my age now, pal. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. In a way. So so, are you still a Packers fan right now, Richie? You know, I, I, interestingly enough, for me, obviously, I'm a Giants guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I always will be. You know, I mean, I was a Packers fan up until Joe Namath. Kicked everybody's ass in the okay. 1969 sure. you know, Super Bowl, and then that, you know, obviously, then you know, I had to become a Jets fan. I mean, it's just <laughs> the underdog thing was just amazing, and, yeah. uh, and also, interestingly enough, that same year, the Mets won the World Series, yes, and the Knicks won the World Championship. That was the time. It was a great, great time for us <laughs> in New York. Unfortunately, right? it's 40 years ago, though. That's the problem. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's steady. <laughs> no, don't worry, man. I'm with you, Richie. I, I'm absolutely with you. It, the, you know, it, you know. Recently, the Yankees and the Giants have have done pretty well together. I mean, so the the G-men, the last two out of the last four years, you can't beat that if you think about it. Yeah, right? man. You know, I mean, and, you know, and then look, I have I got ties to the Patriots too because you know, I mean, uh, a lot of the Giants guys, Parcell and Bill, and Bill's a, a, a dear friend of uh, John and I's, you know, and uh, sure. So I have, uh, you know. When did you first uh, meet Parcells? Jesus, it must have been 87. 
something like that. So is Parcells a big uh, Bon Jovi fan? Is he a Bon? A fan uh, you of know, we were we were his boys. You know what I mean? We we're New Jersey guys, and he was a loyal guy to us. And Belichick mm-hmm. was the defensive coach at that time. He was the defensive guru, and you know they won the Super Bowl and everything. It was fantastic. You know, and I know. Well, I know. I know Belichick uh, is tight with your group. I know that. So is, oh yeah, is, and you know, that... I mean, now we know Bob. You know, I mean, you know. Fortunately for us, uh, you know, we're doing very, very well. And our, our last tour, we did, you know, two nights at Gillette, you know, two nights at Soldier Field, you know, four nights at Giant Stadium. So, you know, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. That's not too shabby, as a matter of fact, for no, sure. Working pretty so, good, you know? so what do you think of the Patriots' chances this year, Richie? What do you think on that? I think they're very good. I think they're very good. You know, I'm a big Tom Brady. Uh, I, I, I think that Tom is probably the most consistent and most even-minded quarterback in the league, I think, and I, I think he has been for a lot of years, almost like, uh, like I said, like a Bart Starr or Roger Starback, you know, that kind of cool, calm demeanor that just gets it done. He's got yeah, everything he's going. Amazing, you know, and Peyton's like that too, and you got to, you got to watch out for him this year. I think they're probably, you know, if you think about it, this weekend they, they're both home, Peyton and, and Brady. It does look right now I like think so, they, yeah. that they're going to meet one another in a couple of Sundays. Right now, you know what? What a pleasure. <laughs> Watch that. It would be incredible to just pull That's up the seat. It's going to be a shootout. See and watch that. Be, I mean, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a physical shootout. It's going to be a mental shootout. Yeah, with the two of them, no doubt about that. For everybody, because they're such studied guys. You know, both of them are very much into watching films and studying everything that they do. And it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's going to be a pleasure to watch. Do you ever talk music with Belichick? Yeah, he comes on the road. Man, he comes out on a plane and comes out for like, you know. A week or so when we're out there, sure. Yeah. So does he, is, he out, is he out there in the crowd uh, holding up a lighter or, or, or his iPhone? Once I get on stage, I'm in the zone. You know, I, I kind of just don't, I'm not really noticing what's going cause on. Because I was going to say that, you know, my wife, Richie, um, uh, she was at Great Woods, I believe, um, in the early 90s. And she thinks that you, you and her locked eyes. She was right in the, the third row and you were on stage. <laughs> And Possibly. It's, it's you know, the, I tell you what, when you're when you're an entertainer and you're a performer, just like anything else, sometimes you like to key on somebody in the audience. So that's what I, you know, I, I normally do. I take a couple of people, you know, that I can actually see from the stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can I can tell her that this is a true story because that yes, would it's a true possibility. Yeah. A true, okay, I'm gonna we're gonna go with that because I think she that would definitely make her day. Yes, it's a today. Okay, Richie, terrific. Sure, Aftermath of the Lowdown is out now. It's your third solo album, your new single. Uh, I'll Always Walk Beside You, featuring Alicia Keys on the piano. Um, 100% of the proceeds goes to the American Red Cross, benefiting Hurricane Sandy disaster. I'd love to get your thoughts on why you did that, Richie. Well, you know, I mean, hey, look, you know, you grow up in New Jersey and you see the devastation that really happened. I don't think the rest of the country honestly knows exactly. You know, when you go and I visited with the Red Cross and I visited the Seaside Heights and um, you know, my mom still lives in Jersey, and her house got hit pretty hard, and she's been living with me for the last three months because we're rebuilding her place now. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a lot of people just lost their houses completely. And that's in Seaside Heights, you're saying? It, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, gone, you know, and the boardwalk in Seaside is gone, and this is where I grew up and I went, you know, and so it's part of my heritage, and uh, honestly, uh, on the on the solo tour, which just got done maybe about four weeks ago, mm-hmm. on my solo tour, I played out here in L.A., and I, I donated all the proceeds to that show, and I matched the money, and I donated that to the Red Cross also. So it's just, uh, you know, it's what I can do. It's what little thing I can do. And obviously, you know, we did the 212 concert, and it was a, that was a great show. Yeah. See, that was... To have all those people, I mean... What was that like? It was tremendous. I mean, you know what's interesting about it? 
is that, you know, you're, the hallway is full of your heroes. You know, the guys that I listened to growing up. But now in my career, I probably played the garden maybe, you know, 25 times in my life. You know, sure. so I felt like here I was, it was like kind of like uh, you're walking into people that you grew up listening to that were your heroes, like the Stones and the Who and, you know, Billy Joel and yeah, Eric Clapton. And, you know, you walk into all those people, and, but you still, I still walked in there feeling like a veteran. You know what I mean? Of course. So it was kind of an interesting look because oh. those guys are a generation beyond me that I grew up listening to that kind of fueled my career and fueled my learning process and then, you know, turning it into, uh, you know, going up on stage and playing that night. It, was, it just felt very comfortable. Well, the, the, uh, what I was reading about it is that um, what was really fascinating is that because of the garden and uh, the logistics of it and how many people were involved and how many legendary bands such as yourself or songwriters such as yourself that wanted to be a part of this thing, that everybody's sort of entourages, in a way, had to be cut down, that there really wasn't enough space for everybody backstage. Did you have to share you space know, we don't got an like entourage. That? We're not that kind of, that. We're not that kind of that. band, really. You know, we never really are not that kind of... We're just not that... We, you know what? Honestly, I think sometimes when you carry around an entourage like that, you're actually drawing more attention to yourself. Right. <laughs> you know, we stick and move in a very quiet manner. I think the, that's the you know that's the way we've kind of gotten through it so far in our career, and you know we've been around for thirty years, so well, well, we know so, it works for us. So, no, I know that I, but we didn't really have to cut down too much. That's, that's what I say. No, I understand that your entourage essentially is on the stage, you know. Uh, but in 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 terms of just the space, uh, I was reading some bands sort of had to share space because it was so tight back there. Is that a true story or no? Yeah, I'm sure. You know, especially uh, I'm especially in a production kind of you know area. Just not to get too logistical about it, but sure. as far as equipment, as far as crews, mm-hmm. all that other stuff, you know, you had to be real, real compromising. I think. So, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl here, Richie? If I had to give oh you a shot, oh my god, what do you think? I don't know, man. I, you know, I, like I said. Could be Tom, could be Peyton, you know, and you never know who's going to... I mean, Atlanta. I think that everybody's forgetting about them. You know, yes. they kind of waned a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. and, and but they're still tough. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and they you are, can't ever they count are. the Packers out. Aaron Rodgers is just ridiculous. He is. You know, so, you got Clay, who's the, the abominable snowman over there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, does, he does you know. look like he could be a uh, a lead guitarist for somebody too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the Almond Brothers or something. Right? Right. He's an Almond Brothers guy. Hey, yeah, Richie. But, you know, I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I it's interesting thing about this year. I don't know what you thought, but I thought that you know it was almost anybody's ball game at any particular time. Well, I think the the current state of that you just by by me asking you who's going to win the Super Bowl and you naming half of the remaining field, I think shows you that anybody remaining in this field, Ravens, uh, Seattle, yeah, and don't which forget about be... Baltimore. Look at what they did, man. Exactly, like, their defense is ridiculous, and you know, and historically speaking, mm-hmm. defenses win in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the Giants have proven that for sure. You know, I think pretty much anybody remaining in the playoff field right now. Has a shot. I agree. To I go agree. on and that, run that, that that makes it very exciting. I think it's been an, uh, an amazingly exciting season. You know, with and look at the you know it's heating up. RG three. Look what's happening with him. I mean, I, I watched the Redskins all year, and I thought they were a, a phenomenal, exciting team to watch because they were always coming back. Yeah. You know? It yeah, seems but, like they were always behind in games, and they were always coming back. And now with the controversy with the, his knee and everything. What do you stand on that? I don't, I don't have a problem with them keeping him in that game. That's my thought on it. You know it. what? It's his choice, I think. At the end of the day, he probably went up to Shanahan. And I don't know if they, if they have to talk to an owner at that point. 
because you know that's got a big salary. <laughs> so you got you got to see what you're forfeiting to to throw them into that situation. So I don't yeah. know how that's going to pan out. You know who knows the intricacies of that. You know, mm-hmm. you know well, I would know if I was the owner of that team and you're throwing my fifty million dollar property into the game that he's not going to get hurt for the rest of his career. It's Early. the tough thing that you got to do where that's where you get the big bucks as an NFL head coach, you know, with the two Super Bowls. You got to make those decisions on you the got, fly. You got to make those decisions, and it's probably not easy. And, uh, you know, who knows how that's going to turn out. Richie, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it. My friend, thank you. You bet. I'll always walk beside you. Everybody should go get that because the proceeds goes to the American Red Cross benefiting Hurricane Sandy. Aftermath of the Lowdown, a third solo album of the Hall of Fame songwriter Richie Sambora out now. Follow him at The Real Sambora, the YouTube channel. The Real Sambora also has information of the Because We Can Bon Jovi Worldwide Tour kicking off February 9th. That's right, we're kicking off in about a month. That's right after the Super Bowl. Do you know where you're going to watch the Super Bowl yet? Do you have have any Super Bowl plans right now, or that's just up? Oh, yeah. Super Bowl plans are at my house. I have a a man cave, and I'm going to invite a bunch of buddies over, and we're going to have some food and watch the game. Can you describe what uh, what is in the man cave at the Simbora house? Very large screen. (laughs) It's very large, 160 inches. Wow, high depth. You sure that's large enough, Richie? You sure it's that, you big know? enough, my friend. You, you actually feel like you're on the field, <laughs> without a doubt. That's it's, I mean, you know what? But that's it's kind of like a ritual here every Sunday that I'm home, you know. And lucky enough, for the past uh, year and a half, I've been off the road for the most part, you know. So I've been able to, you know, our last the last Bon Jovi tour was like 52 countries and 18 and a half months long. So. Oh my lord! Well, so it's nice to be home and be able to enjoy that. And but we, you know, what we get together. And we enjoy the games on the road. The band enjoys the games on the road together. So that's love. Enjoy it, man. And thanks for coming on the show, Richie. All right, Rich. Take care, pal. Take care, man. How cool is Richie Sambora? I think that that's, that goes without saying. He knew his stuff. He when he busted stuff. out Jerry Kramer, I knew we were that's good. good. You knew we were good. I knew we were good. <laughs> but uh, right. hey, you ever think uh, next year the Super Bowl is right. in is in New York? I know. Bon Jovi, I know. I show? sort of whiffed on asking them that question, but I mean, what is he going to say? He's going to say no. Of course, he won't say no. But. Yeah, no. All right, we've got a, a lot of housekeeping to get to here. First things first: the uh, fantasy playoff challenge for this um, this group, the podcast group, ballooned to over six thousand um, members. It's now up to sixty four seventy nine. We gained six in the uh, time that we have taped this on the Wednesday before divisional playoff weekend. Currently, it is being led by Pluma, P-L-U-M-M-A, 01, apostrophe S, picks. Pluma 01's picks. Yep. And uh, oh, Do we know who these people are? We just don't. <laughs> uh, we we, we, we don't, but they can change their name to their actual name or their Twitter well, handle. Well, whatever it is, it want. is what it is. Or something creative. And if you're wondering, it's 110 points they have right now, which ranks one in our group, 138 in the entire okay. NFL.com universe. Which the overall winner goes to Super Bowl next year. Correct. So Pluma 01 is is currently leading this pack uh, with our lead guest of the program. Russell Wilson is uh, the quarterback of this team. Arian Foster and Marshawn Lynch, the running backs. A.J. Green, Reggie Wayne, the wide receivers. Owen Daniels, the tight end. Adam Vinatieri, the kicker. And the Seahawks (laughs) defense is the defense. Now, I would venture to say Pluma 01 best enjoy being at the top right now exactly because the people that i've mentioned in case you're just joining us and want to get involved aj green reggie wayne adam vinatieri are all out then they can replace them this week with any wide receiver or 
kicker that's still remaining, they only get one. They only get they only the get actual the, the actual points that they get. Russell Wilson, Foster, Lynch, Seahawks defense, and Owen Daniels. They have advanced two times the points. If he decides that he wants to stick with them and still play them, why wouldn't he do that? If you think maybe, well, you for the if you think the maybe that Russell Wilson's going to lose this week, and you want to switch over to Tom Brady now, and you but think you only Tom's get the single going for you only get single for how, Brady how, this week? How would Brady single points be more than because you get than Russell you get Wilson's double, double points? You get double Brady. I, I'm points talking next about week. this week. You're right, but right. this isn't a one week by week competition. So anyway, that's the leading that's the leading uh, roster. The, the the roster that leads the entire group, right? Mm-hmm. It, would that be clicking on best roster? or I've got to find that person who leads. Do I? Um, you just go to overall leaderboard, I believe. Leaderboard. Yep, and it's okay. a four-star daydream. Four-star daydream with 122 points. That person has Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Foster, Andre Johnson, Anquan Bolden, Dennis Pitta, Shane Graham, and Ravens defense. They're all active for wow. two times the points. Four-star daydream is feeling good. Impressive. Very good. But needs Baltimore and the Texans to win, to win and advance, right. right? Because if they're all knocked out, then he's going Four-star daydream is a zero-star daydream because yeah. <laughs> it's possible that nobody's back right. for multiple points moving forward. Then he goes back to single. Right? Correct. Uh, in terms of our competition, I am in last amongst the three of us <laughs> right here. But how many do you have going? Um, I have 34 points, Chris Law 58, Brockman 79. I Everybody have... gets, however, for me twice the points this week except for Marshawn Lynch, who I replaced Adrian Peterson with. Oh, okay. So I got Brady twice the points, Ray Rice twice the points, Jennings twice the points, Demarius Thomas twice the points, Gronk twice the points, Prater twice the points, Seahawks defense twice the points, Marshawn Lynch as he scores. I I'm have, feeling good about that. You feel good? I do. I, I think I think if you have six, five or more people getting double bonus, six or more, you're in good shape. I have every everybody except for one running back. Which is, which double is points. pretty good. Chris Law... Um, you have Manning twice the points, Lynch twice the points, Foster twice the points, Welker twice the points, Andre Johnson twice the points, Gronkowski, Prater, and the Seahawks twice the points. You have everybody? Eight for eight. Everybody. Yes. Wow. His, uh, but I had a low score. I'm only at 58 points. 58. Um, uh, you currently rank in our group. Um, why do I not have that? I only have overall. What do you rank in our group? I'm, uh, actually, I don't know where I am. I'll find out. Uh, you are 544, 620th overall. Yes. That's not good. I'm worse than that. Um, and Chris Brockman, you have 79 points. Rogers twice the points. Foster, Jennings, Aaron Hernandez, Matt Bryant, Ravens defense twice the points. Who do you replace Alfred Morris and Reggie Wayne with, sir? Uh, I'm looking that up right now. I did it the other day. I think I took Marshawn Lynch. Actually, you know, I went, uh, I went Denver. I went uh, Noshan Marino and Eric Decker. Now, here's my issue with Noshan Marino. I thought about him, yep. and then I saw Willis McGahee standing on the practice field this week. He's not active for this week, but if they advance, he's going to be active. And Marino would scare me moving forward. But you've got to take a team that you think is going to win this week. Of course. 
And so I don't trust Green Bay's running backs. I, I don't. Ron Harris. I mean, against San Francisco, that's a tough. I don't, I, they don't I, usually give. I up think Atlanta's going to win, and I don't trust Michael Turner. And I think New England's going to win, but I don't want to. See, I would go Stephen Ridley there. Yeah, but, but he's he's a guy that could have two hundred yards or two. And exactly. Danny Woodhead could sneak in. For Woodhead, two Vereen, yeah, Brady could throw four touchdowns. It's too unpredictable. So I'm going with the the, the villain I know. Right, very good. No Sean Marino. Very good. Uh, so that's this. Um, and, uh, thanks, gonna... and thanks to everybody for entering. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, we have the fourth largest group on the whole And that happened in like contest. two days. Well, you were a maniac on Twitter. It was awesome. It was, well, it was, it was, fanta- awesome. It was fantastic. You know, give me a task. I'll, it, it, I'll attempt it. It was great. As I said, said to Brock, when I go, motivated Rich Eisen is a dangerous Rich Eisen. <laughs> uh, what did you think of my go-on appearance? Oh, yes, definitely. Did this... you miss that, Brockman? I DVR'd it and watched okay. it last night, Rich. Here's what I want to know. Here's my question. Sure. The the dot gif file that was on the show yes. of yes. your animated arm. Yes. I noticed that you had a lot of uh, hair yeah. in that yes. photo. Is yes. that an old photo? No, what did they what do? What it was is it was me and Matthew Perry. We changed suits from what we wore on the show okay. to different suits, sat there, and they, they had me move in and wave my hand in front of him, but I could not move my head because they were going to digitally put hair on my head. It, they did a they great did job because that. that actually looks like they it took like something from you. ESPN yeah. of you on air, like reaching over that. in front of Stu Scott. They wow, that. that's incredible. Nice. They're awesome. That was great. That was awesome. That was a great crew, and I played a real you great a hole. You played I? a good. You played a good ass. <laughs> it was nice. No, nah, look, uh, write your own time oh, card yeah, down now. It was fantastic. It was really funny. It was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Hopefully, I get. Hopefully, I've got. I've got an arc. That would be fun. I'd love to go back and be the the annual the frequent nemesis. I think the line of the night was from. What did Perry say? He was like, "What does Berman do to those guys?" I know that was a great line. Boy, all those people. Who leave ESPN are angry and bitter. Yeah. What does Chris Berman do to those guys? That was, that was a classic. You one. Uh, you were on um, uh, with Caruso on. Um, oh, was that? It's people tweeted me too. Where did no, they no, run a CSI I haven't, Miami? I haven't also? seen it again, but I remember when you did it. No, it happened last night. People were tweeting me left and right. It might have been oh, like really? shown like in Germany or something. I don't know, but I'm like, wow, I'm on a roll. They wow. repeated because it's off the air on CBS. I mean, nice. you know, but it's. You, well, know, you played I mean, you played you there and you played you you there. This right, time you being, played yeah, this you, play, I mean, me, you played some, me like a fictional me because we all know I'm a, I'm a I'm a uh, teddy bear. What did uh, yeah, I wrote best. down something <laughs> last night that I thought was hilarious? It was uh, uh, oh your line. You go well. What happens on the radio is between you and Dan from, from Burbank. Burbank. Anything <laughs> I can get you? Coffee, medication, anything to help? Yeah, like, <laughs> and, then, yeah, between, uh, and then he goes human. allergic reaction to your hair, hair gel shouldn't be a problem anymore, huh, Rich Eisen? That's right. I know. I'm so, frozen without good. retort. I I tweeted out last night. But anyone else think Bob Costas is looking a little like Mark Hamill from? Return of the Jedi. Did you get anything back from that? No. <laughs> no. It might have been, it might have been <laughs> no, too late at night. You were tweeting to no one in particular. I was Radio also silence. I was also live tweeting Jerry Maguire last night. Oh, I dude, was I was all over the place. That's so sad. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's that. Now let's get to this is this is fun stuff. We were not planning on this. No. Uh, and bringing this up. <laughs> this one fell in our lap. It did fall in our lap, uh, and it involves Chris Cooley. A long-time friend of friend this of program, program, right? Mensch. So long that uh, if you recall, regular listeners of this of this show uh, may recall, and if not, we're about to remind you. Um, the uh, tight end of the um, Washington Redskins, a wild card himself, like his team this week, a wild card. You never know what's going to come out of his mouth, what he's going to do, what he's going to say. 
He came on uh, how long ago was it? It was uh, June of 2011 during the lockout. During the lockout. It was the same week we had on Mark Herzlick and Gabe Feldman, you know, because oh, yeah. Herzlick couldn't get I picked up. I try to forget about and, all that. Yeah. So um, this was 19 months ago. 19 months ago. Wow. When he threatened to prank call me at some point. He told correct? you he's a, he's a prankster. You know, he plays pranks. All right, let's replay what he – this is from 19 months ago. How long is this clip? This is about three and a half, four minutes. Okay. He, he goes through some of his old pranks that okay. he did, and they're they're pretty funny. Okay. So here, we'll play this back for you guys to set the set the stage. Before I let you go, we were in the uh, makeup room for – Together. Yes. Well, you know what? I, I do need – I do need – there's not much uh, paint required on the canvas, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Uh, but you were telling me you were going to prank call me last night, but didn't? I don't understand. What What is that story? Well, I told to... you that I was uh, that I was 17, and that might have been an exaggeration because, for the most part, I'm about 14. Okay. Uh, so you would like prank calling people? Yeah, I would have. I really wanted to prank call you, and then and then make it something that you'd be mad about, uh-huh. and then and then just bring it up mid mid podcast. Mid podcast. Surprise you? It's like live, but you just live. you just got distracted. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah. I what were you going to do? What were you going to prank me on? I was going to tell you that uh, I can't remember who I was going to be. I was going to be someone from Sports Center and tell you that you were the absolute horrible worst time. host of a show. Is a joke. No wonder you're like not who though. No, I'm still friends with a lot of those guys. But, who would you, who but would are you, you friends with all the new guys? All the new? No. There you go. But do you I even know the names of the new guys? Uh, Google. Google would have been. No, wait a minute. Mike Google does Sports Center. Is it or that's no, oh I'm sorry. It's not the name of a Sports Center anchor. You're talking about actually. You, you you'll have, get your prank call. You would have, you would have Googled, you'll get your prank call, and you won't you know it's me. Googled. There's some fun calls to make. Like what? Uh, what prank call. Well, give me a good prank. Call. I have a couple. I have a couple that I've been doing. Um, I've been calling AJ Feely mm-hmm. for the last three years, <laughs> and I actually finally ran into AJ to talk to him about this, uh-huh. and it blew his mind that it was me. What, 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 um, what are you I call doing? him and pretend like I'm calling Jay Feely. So <laughs> the other day I called him and I said, "Oh." Hell of a job kicking out in Arizona this year. Yeah. Um, you're a great player, man. I love watching you. Inspiration uh, as a kicker. So he had saved all these voicemails. And who, does he say, who is this? Or he's Why laughing? are you doing this to me? I'm not Jay Feely. But, so I called him. Uh, for three years this went on. Uh, also, um, Jay Feely, if you're listening to this, I yeah. do this to you, too. <laughs> you call him and tell yeah, as, him, as, as he's I, AJ turn, I turn around and call Jay Feely and, and tell him. He's, I don't know why it's funny. but It, it is, is funny. funny. It's hilarious. So we called Carson Palmer. This one's you called Carson Palmer, because he's not and answering. I, and he's I tried not to do it. He is to, to say he is radio silent right now is an understatement of radio and silence right now. Absolutely. So you're well, going through a tough time. Of course, no, I'm not. I am not. I am not saying at all that he's wrong in radio silence. But so you call Carson? Yeah. What but say? I just got a voicemail. I just got to voicemail. Okay. So what? What? You, what? What? Um, what voice? The whole what, what, sequence of calls that I made, I actually yeah. only got to voicemail. And all these people, I hate call screeners. Right. Call waiting. right. But uh, I tried to do my best John Elway voice, mm-hmm. so I Googled some Google again. There yeah, you go. okay. Some John Elway clips, and I, I, I'm not going to do it now just because I'm not. You're not a, you, um, you, you, you need to hear the voice before you imitate the voice? Mm-hmm. So, okay. There's also some voice lubrication that, that could go into play um, <laughs> that, we, that we're not privy to right now. Okay. So you called Carson Palmer. But I, but I told him I was John Elway, and I said, listen, <laughs> I hate Tim Tebow. I want you. Right. I want you out here in Denver. Uh-huh. I know. I know that I shouldn't be calling you. We can't talk. You got to keep it down. Keep it down. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna make this work. Right. So then I laughed for a minute, and then I turned around and I called John Elway back. I called John and I said, "The actual John Elway. Yeah, the actual number seven. Yeah, I have. I have it in my phone. 
<laughs> you might want to change your number, John. Okay, so you... So, uh, this, is, this is my childhood idol, by the way. Uh, I grew... Of course. Uh, I mean... For millions of people. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. childhood idol. Yeah. And I said, uh, hey, it's Carson. I just got your message. Uh, I hate Cincinnati. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to come out to Denver. And, and I, I mean, accentuated these calls a little. I'm giving you yeah. a short version That's of it. That's fine. So I turned around and I called John Fox. Yeah. And left three messages and said, John, uh, got your number from a friend. I cannot get a hold of Elway. He left me a message <laughs> talking about coming out there. I know this isn't the right time, but right. if you got anything or you know anything, call me. And you called him. That so was called that's him that's John as Fox. Carson Palmer? Yeah, as Carson. I said, this okay. is Carson. Okay. And then to, to finish the sequence, I called Marvin Lewis. <laughs> These are real. I really no, made these calls, so I, I wouldn't lie to you. Okay, I, mean, I know and you I never said, lie to me. I said, me. listen, I, I, I'd prefer to be an, an unnamed uh, general manager. And mm-hmm. then someone in the background yelled, hey, Bruce. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I said, there's, there's just a lot of tampering going on between the Denver Broncos and your quarterback. So, Ooh, I and like then, that one. Then, then I actually went ahead and tweeted to Chad Ochocinco from yeah. my Twitter account. Yes, from at the Cooley Zone. Ten seconds. I heard... Carson Palmer is going to Denver. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> Boy, you're stirring it up. Yeah, that was fun. Did right? Ocho respond to that? He Could didn't respond. It? I don't know why he didn't respond. Okay. So, so as you know, he, he likes to he likes to mix it up, right? He's deep. Okay. He's definitely deep. He's definitely deep. I like that he has access to all these phone numbers and I can know. just kind of wing it. So uh, basically, I go to dinner and. This is which night was this? This is, uh, this is Friday night. I'm going to dinner Friday night. I look down on my phone, leaving dinner, and I see I've got a missed call from Chris Cooley on my phone because I've got I've got Cooley's phone number in, in the phone. Right. So I'm like, "What's Chris Cooley wanting? He's got a playoff game coming in in a couple <laughs> in a couple days. What could he possibly want?" So then I go ahead and call my voicemail, and I hear this. Next message. Rich Eisen, how are you? This is David Dunn giving you a call. <laughs> hey, I would like to discuss an opportunity uh, with Ray Lewis. There's a, a few offers on the table. Ray is interested in working with you guys, and I would like to uh, see what you're interested in. It's terrible. I'm not going to promise anything. Yeah, but I would like to speak with you. Uh, I was told that as far as decisions go, you're the guy. And <laughs> I know that there's a lot of people working with you. But I would uh, I would personally like to talk to you about uh, about race future. I know you guys protect the athletes as, as, as good as anybody. I know you guys do as, as much for careers as anyone uh, anyone around. Give me a call back. I would appreciate it. 703. Again, my name's Dave Dunn from Athletes First. Thank you very much, man. Have a good night. So you get that voicemail. Yeah, it's the end of the message. I get that voicemail. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's attempting to prank me. Why wouldn't he call from a Doesn't block his number. phone. Right. It doesn't mask his voice. There was no, no. voice lubrication no, on this voice. one. It sounded just no. like Cooley. So I text you guys immediately. Right. Yeah. Okay, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's finally happened. He waited 19, 19 months. months, bless him. 
<laughs> trying to make it seem like, you know, he's David Dunn, who I know. Who is the agent for Ed, for Ray Lewis, right? Yeah, well, he means he's the athlete first guy. Yeah. And so I know David. I've emceed many charity events for him. <laughs> I also know his phone number. And you have not, to- and I've got Cooley's number. It's just so bad on every <laughs> level. It's like the worst prank attempt of all time. So I immediately text him back. Well, you text as us he, first. Well, I text you guys. I immediately text him back as David Dunn saying, David, Rich Eisen here, so excited by this opportunity. Right. It's a great opportunity for us at NFL Network. And I know, you know, I, I needed to tape it. You're like, I can't just call him. I need to get the conversation on tape. So the next day was the wild card Saturday. So I knew I had to be on game day morning up until forever in a day. And I'm like, how about five o'clock Eastern? I know you've got Matt Schaub, one of your clients playing, (laughs) but hopefully you'll have the time for such an important matter for Ray. Get a text back during game day morning saying anytime's fine for me. Happy New Year. I'm like, he's on the hook. He's on the hook. Law comes in in his shorts from the gym wherever you were on Saturday. You sit down, press record. I make the phone call, and here it is. What's up? Hello? How are you? David. Yeah, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? Rich Eisen here. How's it going? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, man. It's been a while since we've talked. Yeah. Hey, congrats. <laughs> How's the show, go? Oh, hey, the show was great today. Thanks. And congrats on uh, on everything going on with you. It seems like you're busier than, than ever, man. It's incredible. Oh, it's great. You know, I'm doing new stuff, signing new clients. Going good. Yeah, Chip Kelly. You're all, I mean, it seems like you're all over the news with that. Big name right now. I know, hot name, and uh, you know it's been it's been so long since we 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 saw each other. You know when I um, when I emceed your um, your charity dinner. I mean that was a total blast. That was so much fun. How's that charity event going? Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah thanks for that. <laughs> no, no, of course. I, you know, anytime if you He's ever got want no me, clue just, what to just do. ask me. It's certainly, just meeting your family too, and. And seeing your kids, I mean, that was uh, that was how, how old how how old are your kids now? Uh, daughter's seventeen, uh, and twelve and nine. <laughs> oh, wow, man, they've 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 gotten older. They grow fast. They sure do, man. They sure do. And yeah, I just remember um, before I get to Ray. I mean, that that uh, that night when we um, the best part, you know, uh, hung out after the the event. I mean, that was totally wild. Awesome times. <laughs> yeah, also, before we get to Ray, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite, very favorite new clients. Who's See that? See if we can get something going with him, too. Sure. Since Chris Cooley. Oh, really? Yeah. What? How, how's he doing? You know what? He's doing really well right now. Is that right? Yep. No kidding. He, he thought that he wouldn't get you on a prank call, and you told him that he wouldn't, but it seems like he just did, Rick. <laughs> Dude, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me, Chris. 
No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, dude. I love it. I love it. This is a total double cross. <laughs> You're on the podcast, my friend, right now. We've recorded uh, all of this. I figured, uh, I figured Jeff sold me out. But. No. I know David Dunn. I know David Dunn. He doesn't have three kids. He doesn't have a 17 year old kid. He has four kids. <laughs> Seventeen, like wild times. Oh man! See, I've wanted to see you, you. You bungled it too fast. I wanted to get into the whole Ray Lewis thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> you too much. Oh man, I was going to get you too, saying you know, ask you about the ESPN talent and all of that stuff. If you thought Berman was good enough for Ray, and you know, I was going to really, I was going to really. Pour it on thick. I was going to really. I thought someone was going to sell me out, but I wasn't going to let you. If if you were being serious, I wasn't going to let you start talking about hanging out with Dave. (laughs) Oh no! I've never hung out with Dave like that. I just wanted to see. That was good. Well, I don't know. That was going to get personal. I was going to feel awkward. No. When you normally crank call, do you call from your own number? Yeah, I know. That's the whole thing. You got to block your number. No way! It's all for good fun. I don't want to block my number. Then if it, and then if you don't know, you can't call me back. Oh, dude, <laughs> you're too much. Oh, this, this is this you're is the, the podcast. Uh, you're the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> <laughs> Either did Dipper Mill. Did you really? Oh, well, those people didn't call him. Did you? <laughs> oh, you're the best, Chris. Thanks, pal. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Always good to hear from you, dude. Take care of you. Take yeah. care of yourself. There you go. How funny is that? And Andy yeah. Reid did not call did Tim Tebalaska. And neither did, did Nick Vermeil. <laughs> he was on a roll. I was just part of one of the few, uh, he's the one best. of the many prank calls he made. He's the best. That's how you prepare we're, for a playoff We're going to try and get him on next week to, sure. to, to explain all this. All right, we've got to share that with you. Fun times, guys. want to thank uh, at the real Sambora, Richie Sambora. Go. Uh, get his new single, get his new album now. Go on iTunes right now and uh, throw in the words uh, Richie Sambora and everything will pop up that you need to know. Uh, I want to thank uh, Russell Wilson for calling in right before his receivers meeting, the Wednesday before his big Sunday divisional battle against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, also, uh, join me on NFL Game Day morning, Saturday morning at um, noon Eastern. And then Sunday morning at the regular time of 9 a.m. Eastern, I will be on NFL Game Day Final with Dion Marshall and Michael Irvin again to wrap up the Sunday uh, Divisional and Divisional Weekend. We will know what the AFC Championship game and NFC Championship games will be right after the New England-Houston game. That will be uh, on NFL Network. Please join us there. Chris Law, thank you so much for everything. Absolutely. A lot Thanks of positive Stacey tweets. Garcia as well for getting everything yeah, done. And a lot of positive tweets about the Law Dead stuff, so appreciate that. Oh, yeah. That was good, we're, yeah. We had a fun Great time story. with that. Good Absolutely. stuff. I want to thank Chris Cooley for attempting the worst <laughs> prank call of all time. That was Seriously. Awful. I mean, I, I know he's, he's, he pounds his chest at you know, the stuff that he does, but wow. That was bad. How bad was that? <laughs> Not good. Uh, at Chris Law, at Chris Brockman. Thank you, sir. Any Full, thank international shout-out You want a quick? quick international We got shout-out? it. Colin E. Smith from Glasgow. He was the one checking in to see how I was doing with the Patriots coming up Very this weekend. Very good. Get a little, a little nice. Scottish shout-out. Absolutely. That's not crap. Uh, for at the Eisen podcast, full of Musburgers. No, no Redux this week. No Redux. No Redux. Full of Musburgers. Full of Musburgers, everybody. Uh, I am at Rich Eisen for the good people of Chevy presenting this show. Enjoy Divisional Weekend. Stay listening to 